If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. So, why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde está el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and today we're going to talk about puzzle solving, specifically crossword puzzle solving, the kind of puzzles that show up all around the world in newspapers, magazines, and in puzzle books. That's what we're going to be talking about. Chuck, you're going to help me talk about this. I was going to say, in other words, we, we, just, we just want people not to see this show, huh? How you going to start this show with, like, and today we're talking crossword puzzles. Click! You're, you're supposed to say, today we're talking the science of the Fast and the Furious. All nine movies, right? And Okay, oh, no, here we go. Oh, here we go. Okay. We right. Ready for a new... Then we trickle. I got this. I got a new introduction. You ready? Okay, here we go. Okay, new introduction. Okay. You ready? You ready? Okay. This is Star Talk. Today, we're talking about what goes on in the brain when you're trying to solve a problem you've never seen before. And we're going to reach in and analyze what happened. Ev is that a little better? That was Chuck, great. See? Okay. <laughs> now I'm listening. <laughs> and now. All right. But of course, neither of us have any expertise in that. We got to get someone who is one of the experts in the world on creating crossword puzzles and solving them. And so we combed the world and we found a 17-year-old girl. I think, uh, Soleil, have you turned 18 yet? I turned 18 in February, yep. In February, okay, okay. Welcome to Star Talk, Soleil. Thank you. Thank you. you. You are a resident crossword puzzle expert. And 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 we, we, we chose you because, not that I had any special clairvoyance on this, but you are were the youngest person to ever get a, a published. puzzle a published in the New York Times. Is is that correct? Did I understand that? 
youngest woman to get one in the New York Times. Youngest woman ever to get one. Okay. Well, I bet the youngest guy could not have been that much younger, I'm betting. How old was the youngest guy? 13. Yeah, and... 13? guess what, Soleil? (laughs) Soleil, his puzzle sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It was all about transformers and... And juice boxes. boxes (laughs) And and boobies. What, what, like, I think Seven Across was boobies. Come on. Come on. All right. So so the youngest woman ever to get a crossword puzzle published in the New York Times. So I think this brought you a lot of attention, didn't it? Yeah, it did. A lot of unexpected attention, definitely. Uh, okay, but it was welcome. I mean, what, okay, unexpected, but like it, what, it wasn't bad, I guess, right? I mean, No, was, of was, course, it was not bad. It was not bad. I was just like, I only made a crossword puzzle. I didn't anticipate, you know, the Today Show to ask or, you or, about or, it. <laughs> okay, or you didn't cure cancer or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right so, so how long have you been doing crossword puzzles? I've been doing crossword puzzles probably since I was like 10. But not uh-huh. not of the New York Times caliber. Uh, People Magazine. Back with People Magazine with my mom. Damn, she just dissed People Magazine. I know. Damn. The, yeah. Man. Yeah. Then again, Man. actually, she really didn't diss New York. I mean, People Magazine. People Magazine kind of dissed People Magazine by putting a crossword <laughs> puzzle in People Magazine. <laughs> what kind of just, reasoning are you invoking? I'm just saying, like, if you're going up against the New York Times, you shouldn't call yourself People Magazine, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so, so, you, so that you got engaged in solving them, right? So, fine. All right, I can, you know, throw a, you know, throw a stick and hit 20 people who solve puzzles. Right. But it's like another subset Another sort of yeah. in the Venn diagram, there's that smaller subset who creates the puzzle. So what po- what possessed you to do such a thing? Definitely a lot of boredom. So I started wanting to be able to make them. Wait, wait, you're in school. <laughs> you're, 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 to, you're learning in school and now you're saying you're bored. Well, okay. uh, it was summer 2020, so it wasn't really like I was doing much Um Stuck out. Oh, COVID summer. COVID COVID summer. summer. Right. Oh, oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, go on. So So you did something. So instead of binging, uh, you know, the Kardashians, you decided to. Wait a minute. And so, wait, so this was a relatively new endeavor for you? Yeah. To 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 create create a puzzle. Which, okay, there are people who, one, puzzle competitively, and two, spend their entire freaking life trying to create a crossword puzzle. And you're saying that you got bored because you were <laughs> you were home from school, and so you, <laughs> damn, okay, okay, all right. So, so I, I think many people don't realize that for many crossword puzzles, certainly the New York Times crossword puzzle, the black boxes where their a clue does not land is like laterally mirror symmetric yes. across the puzzle. So it's rotational symmetry you have oh excuse me excuse 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 me (laughs) damn yeah okay so it's rotationally symmetric yes rotationally symmetric um i believe it's 180 degrees rotational symmetry um you can do mirror symmetry if you'd like but more classic is rotational Okay, so this makes it even harder because it forces how long the answers must be right. in a, in relationship to what else is going on in the puzzle. Right, 
right? Wow. It's, it's oh, you, okay. Of, it's just, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's a puzzle within a puzzle when you're trying to place the black squares, just because depending on where you place the black squares, depending on what words you have in different places, different patterns arise. And so bad black square placement could lead to a terrible puzzle. Interesting. Or an unsolvable puzzle. Right, right. So now when you say that, when you talk about the placement of the black squares and the puzzle within the puzzle, are you saying right. that to the consummate uh, a puzzler or, or, or a crossword person that uh, they can look at your formation and that will help them in the solving of the puzzles? Normally, no. Okay. When you're solving them, it wouldn't help. But for a constructor, that's really, that's where the brain power comes in, I think. I got is is arranging those black squares to make sure that one you have a solvable puzzle and two that you're creating as many opportunities possible for you to have uh, words in those spaces. I guess you. right. Plus, and, and New York Times and I'm sure the London Times as well. There's often a whole s- storyline going on within the clues of the puzzle itself. Right. Right. right? A whole backstory yeah. on this clue relates to that clue, and it's the third word of a title that was in that clue. Yeah. And so, like all these little so, Easter eggs that are hidden in the Easter in the, egg. in the puzzle itself or the clues themselves. Okay, but Soleil, doesn't that mean you, like you have to be older and wiser and have life experience to put all of this in the puzzle? She's like, no, Definitely you just not. have to know how to read. <laughs> That's what Soleil is saying. Like, I mean, I mean, kind of. You're right. I, I I don't think that you have to be or have any sort of particular large subset of knowledge. Um, the way that crossword puzzle constructing works now is we we have software and you put in word lists that a lot of people end up coding. And, um, you know, I, I could put in TikTok language into my crossword puzzle. Um, obviously, the 80-year-old won't be able to solve it, but all of my friends will. Damn. And I, 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 don't, I don't find a problem with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, you, so you can tune the crossword puzzle f- to make it hard or easy for whoever it is you want to make it hard or easy for. Exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah. So now for the New York, for the New York Times, what would you say is the hardest crossword puzzle to do uh, on a consistent uh, basis? The Saturday. The Saturday is known as the hardest puzzle. Okay. Okay. So which puzzle did you, you did which puzzle? I, I constructed a Monday, but the Saturday is the hardest to solve. Okay. So Monday's easy. Okay. Okay. So you still have, you still have headroom here to grow. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, so the Monday is like the entry level. Yes. Okay. And do they get progressively hard during the week, or is it just Saturday is the hardest and that's all there is to it? They get progressively harder to solve throughout the week. And then Sunday, like the famous Sunday Times puzzle, it's just the largest in size. So rather than a 15 by 15 mm-hmm. grid, you have a 21 by 21 grid. But it's about Wednesday difficulty. So. Oh, I didn't know that. So, so, so like, that also means you have to have a, a sizable vocabulary. You have to have a sizable, yes, vocabulary, but also wordless. So throughout the days or like weeks, uh, a lot of crossword constructors, you'll come upon a new word or you'll come upon a new phrase and you'll just add that into your word list on your computer. And that word list will automatically update the software in your, um, that it's used to construct. I think the hardest part about words and vocabulary when it comes to crossword puzzles is recognizing letter patterns. So there's obviously some letter patterns that everyone knows are more prevalent than others, like T-I-O-N. Right. Like everyone mm-hmm. knows that's quite common. But when you're constructing a puzzle and you see like three vowels in a row or something and you have like, say, like a seven letter word, you're going to be able to tell more easily 
which words will be able to fit. That, that's the type of pattern recognition that you have to use as a constructor. Oh, I see. Yeah. And because there are fewer words that will have that, but you have to be able to, you have to be armed and dangerous whenever time you see, the, because you could be handed that set of letters right. while you're constructing the puzzle, right. and then you can go straight to your word for right. it. And, right. and the more you fill it in, the more the puzzle itself helps you, right? The more you fill it in, the you'd more hope. you'd hope. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, constructing a crossword puzzle, if you get stuck in one place, you kind of have to erase the entire corner and restart. Oh. Um, mm. it, it's not really okay. like a, it, because it's a domino it's effect. Not, Once yeah, one yeah, word yeah. doesn't right. fit or that one means, word doesn't oh, work, right, right. everything else doesn't work around it. So, Okay, so Soleil, do you take pleasure in this? Is there some dopamine in your, is it, or is it pleasure knowing that you made a puzzle that other people can't solve? Right. Like, I guess I'm just asking why. It's just like uh, messing there's... with old people sitting around reading a newspaper. <laughs> 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 no, there, there's definitely pleasure in it for me. Um, I love puzzles of all types. I do a lot of science, but I also read a lot. And I think all of those different types of endeavors are different types of puzzles. And I think that this is just a different way to stretch my brain. And then about making people frustrated and angry, I typically don't like to do that. Um, when I started solving, I was 10 and crossword puzzle. And I probably moved on to New York Times crossword when I was about 13. And New York Times crossword puzzles are not made for seventh and eighth graders. So most of the time I'd finish a puzzle frustrated and having to Google everything because I had no idea how to solve it. And I don't like making people feel stupid. And that's how I felt when I solved it. Wow. Uh, wow. See, you would never make well, a that's good, noble. You'd never make a good comedian. You're right. You are right. That's the best feeling in the world is making somebody realize how <laughs> stupid they are. Chuck. <laughs> so so you're you're graduating high school basically. So what do you what do you want to major in? So in I, I'm assuming I assumed you're going to college. I'm I'm going to Harvard next year. I don't know exactly what I'm majoring in, but right wait, now... Wait, wait, did I ask you where you were going? No. No, you weren't, and I need no, to No, I did not ask you... I need to fix that. Where, I need to stop I, doing that. I yep. did not ask you where you were going. Okay, wait a minute. But they okay, have, wait, let me I tell know, you this joke, uh, Soleil, so that you can remember this. How do you know somebody went to Harvard? When they tell you they went to Harvard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's like this. Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I was I was thinking about their history and science program and like doing Which a very prestigious the history yeah. of science. Yeah. I'm really yeah. excited for that. Hopefully I do that in like philosophy, maybe. Okay, so now I'll ask you like a few of your favorite things. So what's the your the best clue you ever came up with? Most clever one you're just really proud of and you like you put it on the wall well the one that sticks out in my head is uh the answer was georgians and it was john ossoff and Raphael warnock for two and it was right after the georgia senate elections that that was just timely and just like i don't know i, I like that i'm not super punny or clever when it comes to my because i find some, some puzzles go out of their way to be punny and clever and it's almost just annoying it is they just wanna, they're just trying to show off that they can pun that way it's sometimes annoying, but also I just genuinely cannot think that way. I, I don't know how people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I just like the uh, pop culture references, the, the things that are relevant to the present day. Nice. Okay, that's what we Very do. Cool. I mean, we try to do some pop culture yeah. on, the, on this show. So, now, wait, well, let me ask you this before we go to pop culture. Um, 62 across, all right? 
kick up to be unruly? And the answer is a fuss. Mm -hmm. Now, a fuss itself is a word or a fuss as in you're making a fuss? As in you're making a fuss. Okay, you cheated, man. Wait, wait, a fuss is one word? No. No, but two words. But it's two words, but it's, you you tricked me. I thought it was a word. <laughs> it's allowed. So, it's, we're allowed to trick you. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Oh, you, oh that's oh, cold. That's cold-blooded, man. Well, well two-word answers are fine. Okay. Two-word You're, you're right, okay. because you can have compound words or actual just two words or okay. a title. Or, or you could have a title. Uh, it could, so you're absolutely right. But that's I feel like you're going to play that way? You're going to play you, that you, way? Yeah. Okay. You, 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 <laughs> I'll tell you what you're doing. You kick sand in my eyes. You <laughs> playing a little dirty. <laughs> All right. Well, so this this is great. And I'm, uh, I'm just I'm delighted to have you on the show here and to showcase this. And in the next two segments, we're going to just sort of get inside the puzzle-solving brain and find out what it, what it's doing for us and why is it there at all. Because think about it. You know, do other animals solve crossword puzzles? I don't think so. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I was, I've seen a couple, like, uh, orangutans sitting around. But they were only doing the People magazine. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, all right, uh, so Leigh, we got to call it quits there, but it's been a delight to have you, and good luck at school. Excuse me, good luck at Harvard. And you, sir, have just... the boorish manners of a Yaley just now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, when we return, we're going to sort of get inside the head of puzzle makers, of course, with the help of friend of Star Talk, Professor Heather Berlin, when we return. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. 
Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi, I'm Chris Cohen from Haworth, New Jersey, and I support Star Talk on Patreon. Please enjoy this episode of Star Talk Radio with your and my favorite personal astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're back. Star Talk. Cosmic Queries Puzzle Edition. What a first segment that was, Joe. Yes. Just the, I, it gives us hope for the future. Nothing gives me universe. hope for the future. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gives you Nothing. Hope. But, but it's got to help. But it did help. Bit. It did help. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did help. And what we want to try to do is get to the bottom of what's going on in the mind of somebody who not only does puzzles, but even has the has the interest and the ability to create them oh. in the first yeah. place, right? That's that's a subset of everyone, presumably, who does puzzles. And we, we, we are delighted to always be in arm's reach of our resident neuroscientist, Heather Berlin. Heather, welcome back to Star yeah. Talk. Always a pleasure. Uh, you're a psychologist and professor of psychiatry at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, right here in New York City. And it's always good to have you because you you take us places that, you know, we think, you know, everyone likes to think they understand their own No, brain, they don't. But <laughs> they don't. <laughs> You're, yes, so, you are. Let me tell you something. You are much more stupid than your brain. Okay. <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 Heather, um, before we get to our uh, listeners' questions about solving crossword puzzles, could you just set it up for us? Why, why does anyone want mm. to solve a puzzle? How does that have any value to what it is to be? Yeah. You know, it actually, it takes us back to our kind of hunter-gatherer roots, right? It's it's about searching. It's the hunt to find something. Oh, something that you value exactly. at the end of so the hunt. So you pick up clues along the way. You know, our brains evolved to try to um, figure out where the reward is, Right. Okay, I know that if I see, you know, the branches hanging this way, that maybe means there's an animal behind it. And so we learned how to figure out and pick up on these cues to get the reward at the end. If A, then B, then C, then right. maybe D. And D is, okay, but people are doing this, and when you finish the crossword puzzle, there isn't a biscuit that comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there isn't some, you know, where is, what is the mm -hmm. reward it can't just be, I solved it. That doesn't improve your survivability. Because we've, we've, we're feeding the dolphin when it mm -hmm. performs for mm -hmm. us. In the, you know, you're throwing at the fish and you're throwing, and even the dogs at the, at the dog mm -hmm. show, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're feeding them. Any, do, any, any animal doing tricks, you feed yeah, them. Yeah, by the way, the, so the I, New York Times just called Neil and they said, thank you. 
<laughs> From now on, all crosswords will come with a little biscuit at the end. <laughs> Somehow our crossword patronage has gone up 5,000%. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there are these, there are different kinds of rewards, right? They're primary reinforcers, we call them, which is, you know, food or water um, or sex for that matter. Um, But then we've evolved these secondary reinforcers. So the same neural system that gives us that hit of dopamine, that gives us a reward when we eat something sweet, let's say, has in a way been hijacked. So now you're getting that same reward, the same neural pathway is triggered when you solve a problem. Um, whether you get a sweet treat at the end or not becomes irrelevant because it's now a secondary reinforcer. You're reinforced just in the fact of having solved something. Wow. Okay. So so our our reward system is really uh, used the term what carjacked? What kind of jacked was it? <laughs> Hijacked. Oh, Either I thought one. it was carjacked. That's so funny. So, I love carjacked. So it, uh, <laughs> step out of the brain. <laughs> Step out of the brain right Step now. Step out of the brain right now. <laughs> Step away from the puzzle. <laughs> Drop the puzzle. <laughs> so what you're saying is things that were in some way did serve mm-hmm. to get us food. Uh, food was primary, but there's secondary pleasures or rewards coming to the brain. And that's what we're feeding today because obviously there's food yeah. everywhere, right? So that's food yeah. is not And in a way, it, it can become addictive. Just like drugs of addiction, it's that same neural pathway that you crave solving problems, which is a good thing. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see what our fan base just what questions they have about puzzles. And so we're already kind of a notch up because I think not everyone does puzzles. So maybe this might be like slightly more erudite than what we're normally mm-hmm. doing here. But let's find out. Chuck, what do you All have? All right. Let's start things off with um, this is An- Andrew. Okay, Stop. Stupe. Stope, one or the other, or stope, like taupe. Uh, he says, hello, Dr. Tyson. Hello, Dr. Boleyn and Dr. Comedy. Oh, that was <laughs> very funny. And very funny, Andrew. Okay. Uh, as mm-hmm. always, Chuck, if you can pronounce my last name correctly the first time, I'll double my Patreon membership immediately. No, you lost Oh, it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Wait, wait, now he tells you after. after. I should have read this. See, I don't get, I don't read these questions beforehand, people. And now you know for a fact that I don't read these questions beforehand because, damn it. Damn, we just lost out on that right. one. <laughs> oh, man, Andrew, brother. Okay. Wait, wait, so Chuck, how does he spell his last uh, name? It's S-T-A-U-P-E. So, Staupe? Staup? No, I would say Staup. Staup. Stout, stout, stout. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's my okay, guess. So stout. See, and, like to me, I figure because it looks like stup, but you know, I don't think that it. I don't think anybody has like a Yiddish last name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, he says right. this. What's the question? He says, uh, "We all know the human brain is especially hard wired for problem solving, above and beyond many species living today." However, I'm wondering if you or other scientists have speculation on how. As to how far back in Homo sapiens history, these earlier hominids could have had these various puzzles and games that modern humans do daily. Would it be 10,000 years, 50,000 years, 100,000 years or more? Interesting. So so a deeper question there is, is this Mm -hmm. a primate thing in general? Or, you know, I guess 
lions are solving puzzles when they want to sneak up on their antelope or whatever they, they're chasing, the zebra, right? The, I guess they do a little bit of that. But I think we're thinking higher level problem solving, aren't we, in this exercise? Yeah, he's also talking about for pleasure, not for not mm, just survival. Right, right. Oh, it's a good question. It depends on, on, you know, how you define games, right? Like, obviously, they're not going to have the modern types of games that we've developed now as our prefrontal cortices have evolved um, over the last couple of hundred thousand years, but even you know five hundred thousand years ago. Wait, wait, you don't, th- you don't, you don't think they have Grand Theft Auto back then? <laughs> <laughs> Video games? Right. They didn't have Grand, Grand Theft Chariot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were solving right. problems. Even you know, there's records of um, very sophisticated um, axes that were found that were hand carved. You know. 500,000 years ago. Um, And in order to do that, you really had to use a lot of problem solving skills. So you can go as far back as that. You can think about, there's a whole theory that the brain developed because of our social interactions and having to solve problems in, in relating to other people. And that goes very, very far back as well. So, you know, it's hard to say whether they were playing games for fun per se, but they certainly were developing the problem solving toolkit that is then needed to play the games that we now play for fun. Uh, whether they were getting pleasure out of the mm. problem solving, I'm going to assume yes, they were, because or else they wouldn't keep doing it, right? They kept doing it because they were either getting rewards at the end, killing an animal, um, or social positive feedback. Uh, and over time, it became reinforcing in and of itself. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. All right. I mean, that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you mm-hmm. know, the, the thing is that pleasure back then, I mean, when you go far enough back in our human history, pleasure is surviving. <laughs> right. yeah, anything that doesn't right. kill you it's is pleasure. pleasurable. <laughs> you know? So the whole, I, the whole idea of, you know, the Sunday afternoon crossword puzzle, I don't, I don't think you had that. You know? It's like Trog. Drug, the saber tooth only bit six of my fingers right. off. I have four more. Well, the whole, I mean, the whole premise is that these systems, these neural systems that evolved to help us survive and to get pleasure out of doing the things that help us survive are now we're kind of hacking into them um, by, you know, creating these games that hack into the systems, the original purpose of which was to survive. Right. Yeah. I think that's the key point yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh. Yeah. All right, Chuck, what else All you got? All right, let's move on to Mike Bertuccio. And he says this, hi, my girlfriend loves all kinds of puzzles, jigsaws, crosswords, you name it, but hates playing board games or card games. To me, puzzles and board games offer similar challenges and engagement. Why are some people really into puzzles and not other kinds of mind-challenging pastimes? But I wonder, Heather, puzzles are very solo, right? Whereas board games, you're competing against someone else. So maybe that's the difference. Yeah, nice. What do you think? Also, I mean, it's a, okay, it depends on what the board game is or the card game is, but a lot of board games, and I know this because I have young children and I'm forced to play board games quite often, is that it's really a, a bit of luck that's involved. You know, do you pick the right card? Do you roll the right number of dice? So it's less about problem solving, you know, and, and you don't have to really actively cognitively engage, use your memory. You know, when you're doing a crossword puzzle, you're having to engage your memory and all these associations between words and ideas. 
Board games don't challenge you in that same way. A lot of it is just, did you roll the right number? Did you pick the right card? Same thing with playing cards. You know, Are you lucky with the hand you were dealt? And so it's more about luck than it is about actually cognitive skill in, in many cases. Okay, so this dude's girlfriend is smarter than he even thought <laughs> because she, <laughs> she wants to be in total control over all of what's going on and do it with her mind and not rely on the yes. randomness of dice. Yes, pretty much. That's... Okay. So, so you, you're putting it at a higher I level. Think it's more That's what it sounds like, higher cognitive again, level. Depending on, you know, there are some card games or, or board games. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, but bridge is right. a very, uh, is a game of strategy. And poker uh, is really, for those who play it yeah. well, it's really about knowing the percentages of the mm -hmm. hands. So what you're doing is extrapolating the percentage that you might win if you're a good poker player but then also using human nature in terms of bluffing and knowing your opponent. So it's a so, different, I would say it's a yeah. different skill set than the ones that are used for these problem solving kinds of um, puzzles, different kinds of skills. So I don't, I, I hesitate to say one is higher than the other. It's just different. And some people prefer one over the other. So there'll be individual differences mm. in terms of preferences. Okay, but it's, so it's sensible that there's a divide between these two kinds of yeah. entertainment. Okay. Yeah, interesting. All right. Wow, All right. I never thought of it that way. Mike, uh, the All real right. answer is your girlfriend is right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Period. End of sentence. They, and <laughs> do you need anything else? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is uh, Jocelyn uh, uh, Salias. Nope. Salas. Okay. Forget it. Uh, she, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, there you go. Um, she says, hello, Dr. Tyson. Hello, Dr. Perlin. And okay, of course, Chuck. Jesus Christ, what is up with you people? What the hell is happening? We love you, Chuck. We love you, Chuck. All right. We love she you, She says, Chuck. my question is, why is it easier to solve number of puzzles like Sudoku than it is to find that one jigsaw piece you've been searching for that usually ends up being right in front of your face? Mm. Are our brains Ooh. just hardwired for numbers? Also, why does solving puzzles have a calming effect. Mm. Ooh, I yeah. like that. So is Heather one, is, is a jigsaw puzzle visual and then a Sudoku is yeah. just mathematical? Is that, is it that simple oh, well, there are two things. to say One is, in response? Uh, again, using different aspects of your brain and of cognition. So one is visual spatial solving puzzles. And when we look at, we can do cognitive tests or IQ tests, we find that some people are really, have a, a skill set where they're really good at visual spatial processing and maybe they're not so good at working with, with numbers. Um, but so they're two different skill sets. And the thing with the puzzle pieces is that there's something that's called um, inintentional blindness. So sometimes there are things that are in your environment that are right in front of your face, but you, um, your, your attention, you're not paying attention to them because they're kind of blending in with everything else. So there's nothing distinctive yeah. about that particular piece that's going to make it highlighted above the rest of the pieces. So in a way you're blind to it. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, it's it's the nose it's the nose blindness of your eyes. <laughs> yes, you habituate exactly. Like if there's a really horrible smell in the room, eventually you don't smell it anymore over time. Your brain habituates, and the same thing with you have the same environment all the time. Or like you know your spouse, after a while you just 
don't see them. That was my yeah, don't see them at all. Show. You just don't <laughs> see them. That's part of the machinery. There you go. It's like, did I get a Chuck did it. I get a new sofa? Oh no, that's my wife. <laughs> no, no. So it looks. It sounds like Heather could use some counseling too at the end of this session. Don't here, tell my husband. Yeah, okay. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say is that yes, puzzles can have a very calming effect. Um, that's why people tend to go to these things like on their phones, you know, like Candy Crush or whatever, is that it, it, it's a kind of repetitive, it's, it's very internally focused. You don't need any external, you know, you can just kind of play around in your mind. And for some people, that repetitive um, way of thinking can be very relaxing for them. Plus, in gamers I've spoken mm -hmm. to who write these things, it's apparently very important to have a reward system yes. built in where the, whatever is, however small the accomplishment is, you get that sort of gold star, like what you had in elementary school, mm -hmm. and then that accumulates so that you're always coming back mm -hmm. back to it. So, but I, I can't claim that it's always calming when I see people getting a little, getting sort of excited or yes. anxious about going back in yeah. for that next level. It's not like so, I think, no, I think things that can't like, be good. like um, making puzzles, those kinds of things, where it's less about competition and where you're getting the adrenaline and the excitement. And it's more about just solving, solving things, solving a puzzle, solving a, um, the crossword. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the games, it's a, it's a different kind of thing. It is more about the reward and the unexpected reward. And you keep trying to go for it. It's more to do like with gambling. Um, than it is to do with that kind of calming effect. Got it, got it. Well, guys, we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, more of Cosmic Queries Puzzle Edition with our resident neuroscientist, I like that, uh, Heather Berlin. We'll be right back. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Sometimes it takes a different approach. To help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. All right, time to acknowledge our Patreon patrons by giving a Patreon shout-out to Ken Abe, Oscar H., and Travis Mansfield. Hey, guys, thanks for your support. You know, without you, just can't do this. And for anybody else listening who would like their very own Patreon shout-out, please go to patreon.com slash Radio and support us. We're back. Uh, Heather Berlin, you're helping us figure out the brain and puzzle solving. Um, and Heather, you you have a, a, a Twitter account. Heather, Heather Berlin, I think, right? Berlin. All right, Chuck, Chuck, nice comic tweeting Thank there. Thank you, sir. Yes. yes. So so you've got Q&A for us. Let's, let's do yep, it. Let's get right back into it. Here we go. Uh, this is Robert Weaver. And Robert says, 
uh, to the incredibly funny and smart Chuck Nice. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, Rob, you are lying. You're <laughs> 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 just trying to make up. <laughs> All right. This is what Robert says. Okay. Robert says this. Are we doing any studies about puzzle puzzles solving addictions? I am at level 7175 of Candy Crush. I always seem to flip to it when I'm bored. I love Sudoku and jigsaw puzzles. Some people don't seem to care. I also like to gamble, smoke cigarettes. So is there any uh, anything to puzzles, puzzle solving, and addiction? So Heather, what can you see a connection uh, yeah, there? Absolutely. So the, like we were saying before, the reward system, it's it's when we we have an unexpected reward that's going to hit you're not sure when it's going to come that causes you to keep coming back and back and back again um to sort of try to find when am i going to get my hit and so some of these games i mean the game makers like of candy crush they studied psychology they understand what they're doing and they've they've created the games they, they, they hire people games. like you they hire people exactly. like you to get exactly. inside our and head so they've okay. created the games with a reward schedule that will keep us coming back for more so it all, and it's especially for people who already have um, addiction issues in other domains, whether it's with drugs and alcohol or gambling, um, they're much more prone to get kind of sucked into these games and, and um, find themselves doing it for hours and hours and not being able to stop. Is there, is there correlation between getting addicted to one thing and getting addicted to something else? I mean, is there an addiction center there that is, has this susceptibility? I, I wouldn't say, um, like, there's not, like, an addictive type of personality. But, yes, we tend to see um, addiction can cut across different domains. And, people, yeah, yeah, exactly. And That's what, what I was wondering. Actually, in some studies that, that we've done in my lab is that people who are, let's say, addicted to gambling, they actually, the nucleus accumbens, the reward center of the brain that receives that hit of dopamine, um, when you take a person without addiction and you say you're about to get a reward, they start getting activation in that area. People who have gambling problems, they have less activation. They need more stimulation to get the same high. So they're chronically underactivated. Oh, that's why some people can yeah. resist it. That's why right, some can resist right, right. it. The others, oh they my need God. that stimulation just to feel like a, another person might just feel naturally. Uh, so, so rather that it's a kind of underactivation and they're searching for more to get to get the same high that the average person might get with something way less intense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we're just sacks of chemistry. That's all you're Pretty telling us. Much. Man, that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry to break it to you. You there are you your go. brain. Yes. All right. All right, Chuck, give me some more. All right, this is Andrew um, Gendro who says this. And by the way, they're all Patreon. Everybody members. is Patreon. We, that's what we're doing now. So yeah, that we, we, if you're listening and you want to send us a question uh, that we will read over the air, please uh, sign up and support us at patreon.com slash startalkradio. Uh, mm -hmm. And because uh, right. that's where we get all of our, our inquiries Let's from. Let's do it. So, and by the way, you said read it over the air, even if Earth had no air. Since we use electromagnetic signals, it would still get transmitted. So okay, no, I'll, good to know. I'll, Alex, I'm just looking. Thank you, Heather. Heather's yeah, making a note that uh, the, the, the on the air is just bullshit. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the air. But, <laughs> it, has, it has to do with the space time continuum. Uh, I just thought I'd slip that. But in. if we didn't have air, no one would be here to receive the message that we're sending. So, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so all right, it says, uh, Dr. Tyson, Dr. Berlin, what do we know about how puzzles and challenges? keep our minds sharp as we age. Oh, I like that. If, yeah, Heather, if, what's up with if that? I want to keep yeah. my mind as healthy as possible. Which puzzles in particular should I be doing? Yeah. So 
And is it true at all to begin right. with? Right. So, you know, the research is mixed. Um, some studies show that, yes, it helps stave off cognitive decline. Others show that it doesn't really make much of a difference. So it, it's been it, it's been sort of controversy within the um, literature. However, what we do know is that it has to do with novelty. So if you've been doing crossword puzzles your whole life, your brain kind of habituates and you're not, it's not helping that much as you age, but it's about changing it up, switch to do a different kind of mental activity. Learn, learn an instrument, learn a language, do something completely foreign. Exactly. Because the thing with dopamine, it's not just about a reward. It's about um, motivation, right? And, and the more novel something is, the more motivated you are, and the more you're going to keep your brain active and healthy and excited to kind of keep learning. So it's about not just doing a puzzle itself, but about changing the cognitive task you're doing as you age. And that can okay. help save off Very aging. cool. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Cool. Go ahead. Keep them coming, Chuck. Okay. we got time for a few right, more. Here we go. This is uh, uh, Frederick Johansson who says, hello, Dr. Tyson, Dr. Berlin, and Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, we'll take we'll that. Take we'll that. take that. Okay, we'll take Frederick, that. he says, uh, how come it seems some puzzles, such as the Rubik's Cube, seem nearly impossible to solve when they are first released, but after a while, people seem to be able to solve them within seconds blindfolded? Hmm. Okay. I think there, there's a lot uh, to unpack here, but what we, what we know about solving puzzles is that the majority of what's happening is happening unconsciously, right? So we, we try to solve it consciously and then because our unconscious has a much larger capacity, can process many more variables, um, most of uh, problem solving is implicit or happening unconsciously. And we know that from two interesting studies. One is they gave people a problem to solve um, the answer wasn't obvious. You kind of had to think outside the box and people weren't able to do it. Then they used TMS, which is uh, a type of magnetic stimulation. It's called trans transcranial magnetic stimulation to stimulate the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex, which in a way released our, our kind of constraints in our brain. Normally things are constrained. They released the constraints and suddenly people were able to solve the problem because it allowed them to access these unconscious processes. Whoa. Really fascinating stuff. And the other study that's related to that is that they had people try to solve a problem, again, with a, a solution that was outside the box. They couldn't do it. Then they either had them sleep for eight hours or kept them awake for eight hours. And after which, the people who slept, 60% of them could now find the shortcut and only 23% of the other group. So again, the unconscious brain is processing. So with the Rubik's Cube, you know, I think over time, people, not only did they consciously learn the algorithms and figure out how to solve them, but after practicing and doing it over and over again, the unconscious, again, was picking up on cues and figuring out how to solve it, maybe even faster than the conscious mind. So, okay. there we go. I think there's a thread in that question, unstated, mm -hmm. that there is a researcher named Rupert Sheldrake in the oh, UK. I know him. Who, who, yeah, who is certain that there's some kind of consciousness field and that that we all uh, tap into. And as more people solve it, that enriches the consciousness field such that it's easier for you coming later in the day than it was for those who started it earlier in the day. And he based that off of the, the very real statements that people make solving the London Times crossword puzzle. Uh, by the end, of, they say, oh, by the end of the day, I was really good at it, but early on, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so he's making this assertion, but I, I always wondered, you know, maybe just you're more awake at 
three yeah. in the afternoon mm-hmm. than you were mm-hmm. at nine in the morning. I mean, there might be other explanations for that than a consciousness field that defies all experimental measures of the laws of right. physics. Agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to go with that too. I'm going to go with that instead. <laughs> instead of the consciousness field. Okay, I'm going to go with that. All right, you're going with that. Uh, and by the way, uh, uh, Vadim Feskin, because you answered his question, but I, I would just want to read it. Uh, he says, hello, Neil Chuck. Heather, I have a question about problem-solving phenomenon that happens when you get stuck on a problem and do some other non-brain in, uh, intensive activity, and then That's you the happen... Is to arrive at the answer, what's happening. So I just wanted to read that because you answered his question in the process of answering this Rubik's Cube question exactly. as well. So the thing is, when you're trying to right. solve a problem, take in all the information, distract yourself, do something else, let your unconscious work on it, and then you'll come up with these aha moments and be able to stop. Or that. walk into one of your magnetic chambers that you have in your right. home that yeah. you put your husband yeah. through every day. <laughs> exactly. put, put, that big mag- put that magnet and the zapper right on one both sides, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you won't even care what the problem is. You'll just go take out the garbage. <laughs> yeah, Heather has the most obedient husband I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Our little secret. Uh, <laughs> That's our little secret. We won't tell anybody. Okay. Uh, Chuck, time for a few All more. Right. This, uh, this is uh, Joraj Petrovic who says this. Uh, hello, Dr. Tyson, Dr. Berlin. I would like to ask you how different is the location of brain activity depending on the type of puzzle the person is actually solving? Ooh, I like that. I Are like there that. any mm. nodes, in quotations, of problem solving, which might light up an MRI or other scans, no matter what the nature, visual, numerical, linguistical uh, of the problem may be. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no matter what the problem is, and of course, if it's linguistic, you're going to get language areas or visual, spatial, you get visual areas. But outside of those differences, you're always going to get activation in the prefrontal cortex when you're doing problem solving. That's called the, it's involved in executive function of the brain. It's kind of like the conductor of the orchestra. And we see that always when somebody is solving a problem, no matter what the problem in what domain, you get prefrontal cortex activation. And that's why people who have lesions in the prefrontal cortex or brain damage, uh, it, it can affect their problem solving skills. Um, but this is another really interesting case. They can still solve problems in some cases. So this one patient, HM, he had damage to his hippocampus, the memory part of his brain. And he would try to, they would have him solve these crossword puzzles. He wouldn't remember doing them at all. Um, But each day he would do them. He would get better and better at them. So his prefrontal cortex was intact, but his memory system was broken down. So he can't remember doing the puzzles, yet he kept getting better at solving them. So the problem solving part of the brain is still oh. doing its work, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, which is also wow. So he was not he was not solving the puzzle from memory, is what right. you're saying. He was resolving it every time. Yes, and so, get, and getting better, as if he didn't know it from get, getting right. better. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's so, really cool. Yeah, HM, cool, cool subject. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and remind me what the hippocampus does. Memory, long term memory consolidation. Mm. So yep. he he had okay. no he lost his long term memory, but he could still get better at implicit tasks like you know solving problems. Okay, yeah. damn. Because because I, I told Chuck before in my day I, I was a big uh-huh. man on the hippocampus. Uh oh, I just I just want to say I don't mean to brag or anything, but in my day. Oh my god. <laughs> that hurt. There can't be that many brain that jokes. Hurt. That okay? hurt. That that hurt every lobe in my brain. <laughs> There's got to be like a finite number of brain That's jokes so that exist. All right. Uh, you know this 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 reminds me. One of my favorite shows on National Geographic. 
um, is brain games, where every show they they take you to some uh, curious part of how we function as humans. It's um, my favorite show too. Oh, 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 oh! But I bet I think I know why it's your favorite show because we just learned on Star Talk that Chuck Nice, our very own, we're taking ownership. Yes, you, our own Chuck Nice is the new host of Brain Games. That's right. So, Chuck, congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, so... Uh, and, and, and we knew you when. Yes. I just want to say. Uh, well, you'll still know me then, so... <laughs> <laughs> just don't forget the little so what, people. Don't forget the little people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just when you're, you know, just we're still here, Chuck. Yeah. We're still here. I told him everything so, he knows. Everything he knows about the brain. Right here. We taught him everything. Right <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, Heather needs a big thank you on that yeah, one. Yeah, Chuck. without a doubt. Yeah, no, d- no so, doubt. So, w- when does it air? When, when does it kick uh, in? Fourth quarter of this year. So, look for it later on in the year, guys. Yeah, it's a fall twenty twenty one. Fall twenty twenty one. We're looking. We're okay. looking at it at, towards the end of this year. Yeah. Excellent. How many episodes are there? In the, um, in when it drops? Thus far, uh, well, there should be twenty, but uh, you never know. Oh, so it's going to go the whole it, year. It, so it's the it fall, looks like it's going to run the entire the fall year into the spring. Yeah, so, okay. Um, uh, and if it if it doesn't, then uh, we will know that Chuck is no longer the host. <laughs> <laughs> if it cancels, if, if you see less than twenty episodes, <laughs> <laughs> it did even worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we all look forward to that. Uh, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite shows on, on National Geographic after Cosmos, of course. Just oh, well, I, yes, of course. Uh, how could you not? So, uh, guys, thanks for being on Star Talk and helping make sense of this puzzle-solving centers of our brain. And it was a delight to have Soleil Sancir in that first segment. Uh, and I look forward to having her back. Maybe she would have solved problems that we have created and have yet to solve going forward. The first one could be, brings- hey, when are you coming back? Okay, that would be easy compared to other things we confront. But anyhow, she's the future, and that gives me confidence that uh, civilization will not go extinct. All right. Uh, Heather, always good to have you. Chuck, uh, we're looking, looking forward to your brain games. I've been Neil deGrasse Tyson. Keep looking up. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.